0: Highlands Church audio sermons. Today, July 1st, 2018, in celebration of Independence Day, Pastor Bob Wade teaches a special sermon titled, How Patriotism and Mission Coexist. Enjoy! Every nation has its patriots. Every nation. No matter where you go in the world. I mean, if you're a soccer fan, you've been following along with World Cup, Right? Do you ever see one game where half the crowd does not have their face painted or their body painted or something and the people are just going ballistic because they love their country and half of the countries are going, I don't think they spell Denmark like that. You know, I mean, I mean, all these crazy things. They love their nation. I mean, it's just like that. Every nation has its patriots. I remember back in 2010, right after the the earthquake that just leveled Port-au-Prince in Haiti, I had a chance to go and... I mean the country was devastated in so many ways, the capital, the airport, the presidential palace, everything just got flattened. I mean, it was it was it was weird, it was just so crazy that how it had happened like that. And yet every single place we went, people would stop you somewhere along the way and go, Well, what are your impressions of Haiti? You know why? They're patriots. They love their country. They didn't want to hear, oh, it's falling apart. right?" They didn't want to hear that. You know what they did? I, I love the people. It's a beautiful place. It's normal. It's a natural thing. It's God placed inside of us to love the place where God has planted us. And so tonight, I want to say two things really fast. I want to talk to you about loyalty, and I want to talk to you about love. Now, we'll start with loyalty first, okay? And I'm just going to get to the elephant that's in the room right off the bat, As Christians, when we view this question, the answer becomes very easy. Are you a Christian first or are you an American first? Well, the the answer is, I'm a Christian. That doesn't mean I don't love my country. Now, we'll come back to that in a minute. Let me show you what I'm talking about. If you have a Bible, take it open, open it to Philippians chapter three. If not, we're gonna put everything up here on the screens so you can see it. Philippians chapter three, verse 20, says this. But our citizenship is in heaven. Now, stop for a second. You catch what he just said there? Our citizenship, a citizen, is someone that's a part of the nation there. Our citizenship, when you and I come to faith in Christ, is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, my true loyalty ought to lie with the things of the Lord. The highest level of patriotism I have has to do with my faith. That's what I'm ultimately to be committed to. Peter would say the same thing just about in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 11. He says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now stop. He's not talking about the U.S. there. No nation is holy. Nations are full of people that are fallen that need Jesus. He's talking about the group of believers, those that are Christians. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Now, if you don't know what that word sojourner means, that means you're not from that place. You're traveling through. He says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. In other words, as believers, we're not from here any longer. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16 said that all these died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and have acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Isn't that what you and I are seeking? I mean, really, when it comes right down to it and the bottom line in our faith is we believe and trust in the fact that one day you and I will go to heaven. Amen? Amen. And guess what happens when we get there? There's gonna be people from every single language. Every group there. He says, if you've been thinking of that land from which you had gone out, they would have opportunity to return. But as is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He's prepared for them a city. See, the Bible is clear. My highest point of loyalty, of patriotism, are the things of the Lord. That's one of the reasons why when I take a trip down to Haiti and we stop and we go to a town I've never even heard of and the people from the church come out and they greet us like brothers and sisters and we don't even speak the same language because we are. Something supernatural has taken place and taken us to a new patriotism. Now, I realize that even in saying that, it's very possible that there are people here tonight that are struggling with that concept of putting faith before country. If you remember the movie Chariots of Fire, there's a great scene when Eric Little finds out finally that he's going to have to run in an Olympic qualifying race on Sunday. Now, Little was was a guy that was born in China. He was raised by missionary parents. He was planning on going back to the ministry. Uh, You know, incredible story. If you've not seen the movie, you should really see it. And he finds out, and he goes to the Olympic committee, and he says, I'm not gonna run on the Sabbath. I'll run any other day, but that one day, that belongs to God. I'm not doing it. So ultimately, he gets brought in before the king, and the head of the Olympic Committee who try to sway his thoughts on loyalty, and they try to come at it from the point of view, well, what really matters is king and country. God makes countries, and he can change them if he likes. I love that. My loyalty to Christ comes first. But what about my love for country? Country. And I am going to be honest with you, I believe that God puts inside of us to love our country. If you're an American, I believe God has put it inside of you to love this country because I believe that's the mission field that God has put you in. All through the scriptures, I mean, you can see it over and over again that God puts people with a group of people and it's their job then to love that nation. Why? Because that's the place that God wants them to reach. For example, Exodus chapter 32 Moses, he loved the people so much that he interceded for them while they were making a golden calf. The very thing that was even defiling God, God has them, you know, Moses stops and he's praying, God, forgive this people, because he loved them. In Genesis chapter 18, Abraham began to beg for the people that lived in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, I mean, going before God, and God, would you save this people even if there's 50 righteous? And then he works himself down all the way to the point there's only five Righteous? These guys were patriots. That's what it means to be a patriot. If you go to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter one opens with Nehemiah on his knees before God praying, God, forgive my people. Have you ever done that? I mean, you know, as a nation, we tend to, I mean, I don't, those of you that know me know that I do not allow talking about politics at all in any small group there is because it will just divide the church. But the one thing that we should be talking about is are you praying? Are you praying for our leaders? Jeremiah, if you go to chapter eight or chapter nine, you'll see that he's called the weeping prophet because he weeps over the sins of his people and weeps that they would come and return to the Lord. The book of Esther, you go to Esther chapter four and you get Mordecai who convinces Esther, his cousin, to intercede with her husband Xerxes who is the ruler of Persia for, the, for her people, the Jews. That's what a patriot is. More than anything else, I want this country to turn to the Lord, and so I love it so much, I get on my knees and ask God, God move in a powerful way. Even Paul, in Romans chapter 10, Paul writes and he says these words, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer for God, to God for them, talking about the Jews, is that they, talking about the Jews, might be saved. He'll take it even a step further. Romans chapter nine, verses two through four. He says, that that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Do you realize what he's saying there? God, I'd even let you curse me if you'd just save all these people that I love so much. That's a patriot. Someone that loves their nation so much that they they plead with God and they don't miss their opportunity to honor God and to serve God. That's the type of love God wants us to have for our nation or whatever nation it is that we come back to. In Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah the prophet had been carted away into exile and you know what God said? This is your place of ministry. This is the place you ought to be thinking and praying for. Jeremiah 29, 7, he says, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf or in its welfare you will find yours. That's why you're here. Each and every one of us. Why did God plant you into a neighborhood so that you would be salt and light and love those people? Why does God have you in a school district? So that God would use you to reach those people. And why does God put you in this country to love it so much that you get on your knees and you do anything you can to see that the gospel message would go out? Because that, that spiritual freedom is so much greater even than physical freedom. That's what we need. We've been called to do this. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, tells us: he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know what an ambassador is? Someone who represents another country that's doing the work of that country. We are ambassadors for Christ, making God's appeal. Listen, you may not like every leader that we get in our government, every president, senator, congressman. Here's the truth, Democrat, Republican, independent, everyone is a sinner, everyone. You, me, we need God's grace to change us. So how do we approach government? How do we approach this opportunity? Well, Peter said something really interesting. Peter said this in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. He said, honor the emperor. Some versions will say, honor the king. you know who the emperor was during that time? Nero. Nero was famous for taking Christians and tying them to stakes and putting tar on them and lighting them on fire to light up his parties. And yet, Peter writes and he says, make sure you honor him because I will use your honor to change the nation. Paul would say almost the same thing in 1 Timothy chapter two, pray for your leaders. He doesn't say all your leaders are great, he says pray for them. Folks, that's what we need to be doing and you may be thinking, well, I don't know if that's even gonna work. Listen, the promise of scripture is, in Proverbs 21:1, is, the king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. You take your hand and you cup it like that and you put a little bit of water in, that's what he's talking about. It's like that, like that little bit of water that you could move around any possible way you want to. He's talking about the fact that that's exactly the way every single ruler is with the Lord. If we would pray, God would change our nation. I believe that. I believe God put us here to proclaim the excellencies of him who put us here. The most unpatriotic thing that you and I could do is do nothing spiritually. The most patriotic thing we could do is if you and I would stop daily and get on our knees and pray for all the leaders that we have, whether it's state, local, federal, every single leader. Pray, God, would you give them wisdom? God, would you move in their their hearts and minds? God, would you open the door for a greater sense of ability to share the gospel everywhere? God, would you make us humble as a nation? God, would you make us great because we're true and right and we do what you want? This is our calling and so when we come to the 4th of July, we need to remember that God blessed America and America has been a great thing in the world, many possible ways. But at times, America hasn't. It's our job to pray those things out. God, make us great again. Make us holy. Help us to do the right thing. Because too often, there are people that don't know you that go and do the wrong thing. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would move in our hearts. Lord, we, um, we come to you, we love you, we trust you. We give you our allegiance. And we believe, God, that you placed us here to make a difference in our country. To have such a great love, God, that we would stick our neck out and begin to pray and to share that you would make us the nation you want us to be. Lord, let us start on the neighborhood level and in our communities, our cities, our state, and finally nationally, God. Lord, we pray that we would truly, truly love this nation for your sake, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Every nation has its patriots, every nation, no matter where you go in the world. I mean, if you're a soccer fan, you've been following along with World Cup, right? Do you ever see one game where half the crowd does not have their face painted or their body painted or something, and the people are just going ballistic because they love their country, and half of the countries are going, I don't think they spell Denmark like that. You know, I mean, I mean, all these crazy things. They love their nation. I mean, it's just like that. Every nation has its patriots. I remember back in 2010, right after the the earthquake that just leveled Port-au-Prince in Haiti, I had a chance to go, and I mean the country was devastated in so many ways, the capital, the airport, the presidential palace, everything just got flattened. I mean, it was it was it was weird, it was just so crazy that how it had happened like that. And yet every single place we went, people would stop you somewhere along the way and go, Well, what are your impressions of Haiti? You know why? They're patriots. They love their country. They didn't want to hear, oh, it's falling apart. right? They didn't want to hear that. You know what they did? I, I love the people. It's a beautiful place. It's normal. It's a natural thing. It's God placed inside of us to love the place where God has planted us. And so tonight, I want to say two things really fast. I want to talk to you about loyalty, and I want to talk to you about love. Now, we'll start with loyalty first, okay? And I'm just going to get to the elephant that's in the room right off the bat, As Christians, when we view this question, the answer becomes very easy. Are you a Christian first, or are you an American first? Well, the the answer is, I'm a Christian. That doesn't mean I don't love my country. Now, we'll come back to that in a minute. Let me show you what I'm talking about. If you have a Bible, take it open, open it to Philippians chapter 3. If not, we're going to put everything up here on the screens so you can see it. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, says this. But our citizenship is in heaven. Now stop for a second. You catch what he just said there? Our citizenship, a citizen is someone that's a part of the nation there. Our citizenship, when you and I come to faith in Christ, is in heaven. And from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so my true loyalty ought to lie with the things of the Lord. The highest level of patriotism I have has to do with my faith. My faith. That's what I'm ultimately to be committed to. Peter would say the same thing just about in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 11. He says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Now stop. He's not talking about the U.S. there. No nation is holy. Nations are full of people that are fallen that need Jesus. He's talking about the group of believers, those that are Christians. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Now, if you don't know what that word sojourner means, that means you're not from that place. You're traveling through. He says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. In other words, as believers, we're not from here any longer. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16 said that all these died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and have acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Isn't that what you and I are seeking? I mean, really, when it comes right down to it, and the bottom line in our faith is we believe and trust in the fact that one day you and I will go to heaven. Amen? Yeah. And guess what happens when we get there? There's going to be people from every single language, every group there. He says, if you've been thinking of that land from which you had gone out, they would have opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared for them a city. See, the Bible is clear. My highest point of loyalty, of patriotism, are the things of the Lord. That's one of the reasons why when I take a trip down to Haiti and we stop and we go to a town I've never even heard of and the people from the church come out and they greet us like brothers and sisters and we don't even speak the same language because we are. Something supernatural has taken place and taken us to a new patriotism. Now, I realize that even in saying that, it's very possible that there are people here tonight that are struggling with that concept of putting faith before country. If you remember the movie Chariots of Fire, there's a great scene when Eric Little finds out finally that he's going to have to run in an Olympic qualifying race on Sunday. Now, Little was a... a, was, was a guy that was born in China. He was raised by missionary parents. He was planning on going back to the ministry. Uh, you know, incredible story. If you've not seen the movie, you should really see it. And he finds out, and he goes to the Olympic Committee, and he says, I'm not going to run on the Sabbath. I'll run any other day, but that one day, that belongs to God. I'm not doing it. So ultimately, he gets brought in before the king and the head of the Olympic Committee who try to sway his thoughts On loyalty, and they try to come at it from the point of view well, what really matters is king and country. God makes countries, and He can change them if He likes. I love that. My loyalty to Christ comes first. But what about my love for country? And I gotta be honest with you, I believe that God puts inside of us to love our country. If you're an American, I believe God has put it inside of you to love this country because I believe that's the mission field that God has put you in. All through the scriptures, I mean, you can see it over and over again that God puts people with a group of people and it's their job then to love that nation. Why? Because that's the place that God wants them to reach. For example, Exodus chapter 32 Moses, he loved the people so much that he interceded for them while they were making a golden calf. The very thing that was even defiling God, God has them, you know, Moses stops and he's praying, God, forgive this people because he loved them. Genesis chapter 18, Abraham began to beg for the people that lived in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, going before God, and God, would you save this people even if there's 50 righteous? And then he works himself down all the way to the point there's only five righteous? These guys were patriots. That's what it means to be a patriot. If you go to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1 opens with Nehemiah on his knees before God praying, God, forgive my people. Have you ever done that? I mean, you know, as a nation, we tend to, I mean, I don't, those of you that know me know that I do not allow talking about politics at all in any small group there is because it will just divide the church. But the one thing that we should be talking about is are you praying? Are you praying for our leaders? Jeremiah, If you go to chapter eight or chapter nine, you'll see that he's called the weeping prophet because he weeps over the sins of his people and weeps that they would come and return to the Lord. The book of Esther, you go to Esther chapter four and you get Mordecai who convinces Esther, his cousin, to intercede with her husband Xerxes who is the ruler of Persia for for her people, the Jews. That's what a patriot is. More than anything else, I want this country to turn to the Lord. And so I love it so much, I get on my knees and ask God, God move in a powerful way. Even Paul, in Romans chapter 10, Paul writes and he says these words, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer for God, to God for them, talking about the Jews, is that they, talking about the Jews, might be saved. He'll take it even a step further. Romans chapter nine, verses two through four. He says, that that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Do you realize what he's saying there? God, I'd even let you curse me if you would just save all these people that I love so much. That's a Patriot someone that loves their nation so much that they they plead with God and they don't miss their opportunity to honor God and to serve God. That's the type of love God wants us to have for our nation or whatever nation it is that we come back to. In Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah the prophet had been carted away into exile and you know what God said? This is your place of ministry. This is the place you ought to be thinking and praying for. Jeremiah 29, 7, he says, But seek the welfare of the city, where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, or in its welfare you will find yours. That's why you're here. Each and every one of us. Why did God plant you into a neighborhood so that you would be salt and light and love those people? Why does God have you in a school district? so that God would use you to reach those people. and Why does God put you in this country? To love it so much that you get on your knees and you do anything you can to see that the gospel message would go out. Because that, that spiritual freedom is so much greater even than physical freedom. That's what we need. We've been called to do this. And 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 20, tells us, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know what an ambassador is? Someone who represents another country that's doing the work of that country. We are ambassadors for Christ, making God's appeal. Listen, you may not like every leader that we get in our government, every president, senator, congressman. Here's the truth, Democrat, Republican, independent, everyone is a sinner, everyone. You, me, we need God's grace to change us. So, how do we approach government? How do we approach this opportunity? Well, Peter said something really interesting. Peter said this in 1 in, in Peter chapter 2, verse 17. He said, honor the emperor. Some versions will say, honor the king. You know who the emperor was during that time? Nero. Nero was famous for taking Christians and tying them to stakes and putting tar on them and lighting them on fire to light up his parties. And yet, Peter writes and he says, make sure you honor him because I will use your honor to change the nation. Paul would say almost the same thing in 1 Timothy chapter two, pray for your leaders. He doesn't say all your leaders are great. He says pray for them. Folks, that's what we need to be doing and you may be thinking, well, I don't know if that's even going to work. Listen, the promise of Scripture is, in Proverbs 21.1, is the king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. You take your hand and you cup it like that and you put a little bit of water in, that's what he's talking about. It's like that, like that little bit of water that you could move around any possible way you want to. He's talking about the fact that that's exactly the way every single ruler is with the Lord. If we would pray... God would change our nation. I believe that. I believe God put us here to proclaim the excellencies of him who put us here. The most unpatriotic thing that you and I could do is do nothing spiritually. The most patriotic thing we could do is if you and I would stop daily and get on our knees and pray for all the leaders that we have, whether it's state, local, federal, every single leader, pray, God, would you give them wisdom? God, would you move in their their hearts and minds? God, would you open the door for a greater sense of ability to share the gospel everywhere? God, would you make us humble as a nation? God, would you make us great because we're true and right and we do what you want? This is our calling. And so when we come to the 4th of July, we need to remember that God blessed America and America has been a great thing in the world, many possible ways. But at times, America hasn't. It's our job to pray those things out. God, make us great again. Make us holy. Help us to do the right thing. Because too often, there are people that don't know you that go and do the wrong thing. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would move in our hearts. Lord, we, um, we come to you, we love you, we trust you. We give you our allegiance and we believe, God, that you placed us here to make a difference in our country. To have such a great love, God, that we would stick our neck out and begin to pray and to share that you would make us the nation you want us to be. Lord, let us start on the neighborhood level and in our communities, our cities, our state, and finally nationally, God. Lord, we pray that we would truly, truly love this nation for your sake, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.